Hello and welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I'm here with Allegra Frank, who is dying, and Chelsea Starr. I'm not dying. Simone yelled at me. (laughs) Simone yelled at me because I did a stupid thing. (laughs) Here's my impression of Allegra. Can we start the show? Why are you starting the show? Let's start the show now. Please start the show. And I, who who needs silence. (laughs) <laughs> to start the show. Simone has to get like a running start, the vocal equivalent of a running start, and she can't do it if you're talking. Because all I said was, this area is sticky, and Allegra put her hand in the <laughs> indicated spot. It sounds really gross when you don't say it's the table. Yeah. <laughs> this table spot is sticky, and immediately you plop your hand right into the sticky zone. And then I started screaming both that it was sticky and gross, and also, why aren't we starting the show? And Simone got very angry. Simone so, has every right what is the sticky spot yeah what is it i don't know i I don't i don't this is not my home there's like a sticky (laughs) mark on my finger now i mean i'm confused because it look i see some stains that look like coffee but then i also see this kind of like potato shaped semi-translucent uh zone I'm wiping it over there (sighs) between you and allegra it felt warm was my it felt warm felt very warm didn't okay. feel warm. Well, Chelsea, like, you know hot. why? You know why this is gonna freak you out? Because I literally licked my finger Ew, to dissolve the sticky did spot. You do that? <laughs> because it was under my hand and I was trying to get it up. And then I said, it feels sticky, and I didn't expect you to put your hand in my saliva. <laughs> so I put my hand on your sticky, warm spit. That's <laughs> why <laughs> Of course I'm gonna touch it. I am tactile. I am human. Why would it so, I am like human a, and I need to touch sticky things. I'm so just like sad. everybody else does. This is like when someone says this tastes bad taste it <laughs> except this is the opposite where you volunteered reached in there first <laughs> now oh anyway. my god I, I have an eyelash in my eye oh. I didn't want to admit the spit but now you, you figured it admit out the spit. admit the admit spit admit the spit okay wow folks welcome to That's our wonderful intro. show <laughs> Holy crap, let's talk about some video games now. Allegra, I want to know about this game, Later Alligator, that you've been playing recently. Sure, what Simone. is up with that? So um, our good friend Jeff Ramos from Polygon.com, engagement editor, he was starting to send screenshots to me of this very cute game. And I was very curious because it was like, these very funny screenshots and he kept saying, oh, this is you. Like everyone I know is in this game. And he sent me one of this little girl alligator with like curly hair and a shirt that's an anime. Oh God. And she said something like, oh, I'm really into crane games. It's taken over like for my anime and horse obsession or something. Yeah. He's like, this is you. And I was like, what is this game? This is so funny and cute and the art style is great. And he told me it was called Later Alligator. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to just buy it because it looks so cute. All the screenshots are funny. And yeah, it really is both of those things. It's cute and funny. It's a game. It's like a point and click kind of mystery adventure game where you are some faceless person. I guess you're probably an alligator in a world full of alligators trying to solve a mystery for this very anxious, neurotic alligator named Pat, who every year on his birthday goes to a hotel and just has a day for himself, to, like gets his own room, 
But he's anxious because he heard that the quote unquote family is planning a quote unquote event for him. And Uh-oh. he's sure that that means he's going to get murdered, even though it's pretty apparent that it's just like his family's throwing him a surprise party. <laughs> so you're supposed to go around and collect information for him about this event, which means you get to meet all these really funny characters who are like related to him in some way going throughout the city. Um and it's just like really silly and it's not difficult or anything because it's just like you talk to any alligator you see and yeah. they'll, they'll maybe give you a little mini game you have to do. In Can order. you talk to non-alligators? There's only alligators. Only alligators. The whole world you is have to alligators. talk to everyone? Um, you should. Not all of them are like going to give you information, but the ones that do, they're like, oh, let's play this little crane game and then I'll tell you the information. So there's like little <laughs> cute mini games. But the main draw here is the writing is very funny. Mm-hmm. All the characters have very defined personalities, like Pat, the main guy, is so neurotic and weird. He's just like this nerdy, anxious dude. Like, there's a part that's so funny where um, <laughs> he's we're me. All, I know we're all no, we're all thinking about Pat. Oh I yes, know. Patrick. Yeah, literally, Jeff was like, and even Pat's in this game. <laughs> literally, Pat's in this game. God, um, there's a part where you have to help him unlock the gigantic lock for his hotel room that he bought because he's convinced someone's going to try and break oh in and kill God. him. And the way you do it is he's like, oh, I wrote the pat, I saved the password somewhere really safe, the password for my lock. Just go to my website, alligator.fun. So you have to go over Aww. to your browser and go to alligator.fun. And it's literally like, do not read this. My password is this, but do not read this. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. And then you have to put in the password. It's just like really charming and silly. And Wait. the animation's amazing. So if I go to alligator.fun for real, <gasps> yeah, I'm you going. can go there. Go to alligator.fun and you'll see it's Pat's like GeoCities. Oh my God, it is! Yeah, it's this really oh like. Oh my God, generated by GeoScalies. Yeah. <laughs> it has a blue like C background. Ah. It says, this is Pat's homepage at the top in two different fonts mixed within mm-hmm. the same sentence. <laughs> surrounded by uh, animated smiley faces. You know, I love a good mixed font. Yes. Oh, my God. And it's got a beautiful sorry under construction uh, gif, the yeah. type of which I would put on my live journal profile uh, when I was not quite finished building it. Don't click. Pat only. <gasps> and it's the code. I found his password. Yeah. I'm not going to read it on this podcast because I respect Pat's privacy. It's really cute, though. Oh, my God. This is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like and it has this like cute noir kind of soundtrack because the whole game is like in kind of um, sepia tones, not exactly black and white, but, you know, kind of green and brown. And uh, <laughs> it just has so the music's really fun and the animation's so fluid. It looks like a cartoon. It's animated oh, nice. apparently by the people who did. If you guys ever saw Batman and Piderman. It was this web series that was popular when I was a freshman in college, which is about like a dumb Batman hanging out with a dumb Spider-Man. Yeah. But it like they were very well animated. Um, so, yeah, it's just like a really it's like a fun two hour kind of experience. I was just lying in my bed clicking and laughing. And yet it's not on Switch. It's not on Switch. So I was kind of like, oh, do I even want to buy this? It's on Mac. But I just bought it because I was like, this looks really cute. I want to support a little indie studio. And That's true. it's actually like very simple and not very taxing. So I don't mind playing it on my computer. Like I was playing it before I went to bed. Yeah. Because it's just a point and click kind of thing. And and yeah, usually I only play things on Switch too. But 
this does not take a lot of energy, so I don't mind playing it on my laptop. I've actually hurt myself again. <laughs> I hurt right now? Myself today. No, um, playing games on Switch too long, uh, mm-hmm. holding the, my Switch in bed. So maybe it is a good thing. Yeah, maybe I'm, try like this, this is just an pointing. Just, Simone, I'm worried about your bones and muscles. I have no self-control. You always hurt your hands and you literally have a boot on your foot. No, um, she, her boot's gone. Did you take it off? I haven't seen your foot today. Oh, it's gone. But can I ask what you were doing when I walked into this room? <laughs> What was I doing? <laughs> Eyes up here. Not looking at my foot, I guess. Oh, I thought um, you were about to do a call-out post. No. <laughs> like, was I showing off my booty hole? I don't know. Usually everyone can hear me coming, though, because of the boot that I've been wearing Maybe uh, that's for the why... past two months. I've been, like, yeah. step-squishing, step-squishing. Like, one of my feet is stepping into a deep snowbank yeah. because of the boot on my broken foot. Um, but I... My doctor said yesterday I can take it off. So now I'm just trying not to like sprint around everywhere like a dog who just got its little (laughs) collar collar removed. It's cone. (laughs) It's little cone removed. That's what I feel like. I'm 90% sure the boot was just to keep me from running around because I keep catching myself like speed walking. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, we're going to have to put your cone back on. No, you can't. I miss the cone on you. <laughs> he did look. give me a nice soft wrap to put on my foot because uh, I'm going to Canada next week. <gasps> and I know that I will walk quickly. And I shouldn't walk quickly. <laughs> I'm going to Canada and I know I will walk quickly. <laughs> You've got to walk quickly in Canada. <laughs> you got to walk fast. Um, anyway, yes. So uh, I, uh, may, yes, switch games. They can be dangerous to you if you don't dock your Switch occasionally to play them on your TV. This is true. Chelsea, were you going to say something about Later Alligator? No, I, I want to play it. That's all I have to say. You would really I... like it, Chelsea. I think it's like very much your sense of humor, and it's short and very cute and just a simple little point-and-click mystery. Nice. You'd like it too, Simone. I bet. <laughs> I like alligators. They're cute. Yeah. I would play it if... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, we all were at a wedding this weekend. We saw a crocodile. We saw a crocodile. Can I just briefly say, I was with one of you, I thought, and I looked in the tank and there were a lot of fish, and Mm -hmm. I thought everyone was just staring at the fish, and then I looked over and I saw the gigantic back of this crocodile, and I was like, holy, I thought we all were just staring at the little fish. No one told me there was a giant crocodile like inches from my face. Is, is it confirmed for crocodile? Because I wasn't sure if it was a crocodile was it a or a crocodile? gator. I don't know, actually. I mean, let's, it was probably an alligator. Wow. It Which, was whatever Madagascar. one is in Madagascar. Who knows? Only Welcome Madagascar. to Zoo Facts with the Polygon show. <laughs> there were two types of lemurs. One was big, one was small. <laughs> and then they attacked each other or something? Remember that horrible sound? It was awesome. Oh, no, they were just, like, mad. They, they were, were just screaming. yelling. Yeah, they were just scary. yelling, and I, we all thought, it was like some pre-recorded thing, and no, they were just exactly. yelling. I swore I thought some of them were dead. <laughs> what? Then they just all went quiet. So I thought it, I missed it. Sounded the like the animals at the amplified volume of a car alarm. Just yeah, uh, it was but their so little loud. tiny mouths were making oh. that horrible sound. Yeah. Confirmed for crocodile. 
Oh, nice. It was apparently a Nile crocodile. <gasps> this was at the Bronx Zoo. The worst animal in the world, probably. Oh, my God. They were, it was scary from the back. Yeah. It was nuts. It was that uh, interaction you had with the crocodile was what uh, every single person who came up to that tank did. I know because I was standing there for yeah. a while. Everyone would be like, huh, fish. Oh, God. Because yeah. it just looked like a big log and it, it was sitting so still mm-hmm. with its entire body kind of hanging in the water, just like completely motionless. Yeah. And it, then it's like front, its head and arms were resting on a rock. Yeah. Um, so it just looked like a big ass log and it was so still that it looked fake. Yeah. But it was very real. Yeah, exactly. It was very bad. Very bad. It had a dinosaur tail. Oh God. That's what it had. I literally thought it was just fake. This was at the Bronx Zoo. This I said that we were at a wedding and I know that yes, normally. the wedding was at a zoo. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense otherwise. We're so good at this. Um, Chelsea and I definitely were looking at our phones out of anxiety because you kept making Hemingway references. I made two Hemingway references. I was just getting anxiety when anyone talks about student loans. (laughs) Dude, I'm so close to being done with mine. What if Ernest Hemingway? What if Ernest Hemingway, as an endorsed sponsorship for this advertisement, got rid of my student loan debt? Ernest Hemingway didn't go to college. Well, he Mm -hmm. he kind of felt insecure about it for the rest of his life. But he didn't have loans. No, he did not. Well, uh, yeah, I guess no loans. Hmm. No loans. Did or hmm? I ooh, tan, ooh, stop. Close the <laughs> laptop. <laughs> no, I'm just restraining myself from the tangent that I want to go on. I feel like he was always generally pretty well off, and if he did have debt trouble, it certainly wasn't public in the way that Fitzgerald's was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first time I've called him Fitzgerald instead of Scott in a really long time. <laughs> That's probably a good sign, I guess. That is a good sign. I'm proud of you. Scott. I don't call Ernest Ernest because he didn't like his name. Um, It feels disrespectful. But I can't call him Papa, which is another big problem for me. Papa? Yeah. That was his nickname. Everyone called him that. Not just you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, not his family. Like, F. Scott would call him Papa. Scott wouldn't. Uh, Scott would call him Ernest. Um, But... Everyone, and I mean everyone, like men, women, all of his friends uh, towards like post-World War II era would call him Papa, Um, which I think is weird, but he liked it. I mean, that's... Martha Gellhorn thought it was weird, too. Stop my mouth! (laughs) Hey, you know what is not Ernest Hemingway? It's Wilma's Warehouse. Wilma's Warehouse, a video game. (laughs) That was the worst transition, but thank you. Listen, <laughs> yeah, thank you for saving me. I don't for have myself. the fine art of transitions that Simone does. Yeah, what fine art? Uh, <laughs> this more is like another a fart of Jeff- transition. Wow! Wow! <laughs> We're really chaotic wow. today. I'm sorry. A lot of bad energy here. It's chaotic evil. Wilmot's Warehouse. Another Jeff original recommendation. Yes, the Jeff Ramos original. <laughs> Bless him. Um, so this is a Switch game from the creators of Hohokam, uh, who, which is a very like strange. Wait, I did not sh- know that. Oh, I you very did not much that? love. Let me explain what it is. Okay. Shut up, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> a strange, cartoonish, whimsical puzzle game that came out on Sony consoles in 2014, um, where you just basically play this like huge snake flying around solving puzzles in really weird, surreal. Wait, worlds. that's Hohokam. That's yes. Hohokam. You're just a snake man, and you're just, just, just like a snake man. 
It was also made by a man named Dick Hogg, and I'm sorry I had to say it. Richard. Dick Hogg? Richard Hogg. <laughs> Dick Hogg. Richard. It Ooh. was his idea, actually. So this game. No uh, wonder it's about a snake. Stop. <laughs> this game is about a square. Uh, it came out of the time when he was working in a warehouse in the 90s. Uh, I read this great rock, paper, shotgun piece about it last week because I'm obsessed with this game. Uh, he worked in a warehouse stocking things. And at that time, you know, pre-computerization um, of warehouses, he found it like kind of, it, it was like cool. He enjoyed it. And he always wanted to make a game about it. And everyone at Sony and his uh, creative partner, uh, Ricky Haggett, would make fun of him and say, that's a dumb idea. Nobody wants to do a game in a stupid warehouse, you big dumb idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And at Sony, they bullied him and called it Dick's Clown Warehouse Idea. Are you Um, joshing me? No, I'm not joshing you. (laughs) They bullied him relentlessly. (laughs) Said, no, we're not going to make your clown game, Rick, Dick. Richard, Richard Hogg. Um, but finally, in a, a moment of, um, I guess, friendly generosity over a Christmas break when Ricky Haggett was bored, he started programming this game. And it became Wilmot's Warehouse, which is a delightful game where you play as a square in a warehouse. You receive deliveries of colorful blocks with shapes and symbols and objects on them. You organize them in the warehouse and then you have customers or coworkers come to another window and ask for deliveries, ask for certain blocks. And then you have to run around and find the blocks that you just organized and deliver them to the window. Ah. And then you receive more new blocks and you have to organize those. And the cycle just goes on and on. Uh, And it's so hypnotic. And I can't stop playing it. This sounds both great and terrible. It sounds like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is such a nice, fun organizing thing. And then you're like, this is work the game. It is labor. Every time. So I'll have, you know, there's a stock take period, I believe, every four rounds where the timer stops. And all you do in that period is just reassess your warehouse and you can move stuff around, reorganize it, whatever you want, put stuff away that you didn't have time to put away before. Um, And then the phases start up again. So it's always this this cycle of I make some deliveries and it's fucking amazing and I feel like a god and then this screen comes up that's like here's all the new kinds of blocks you're getting that you know totally new like that I haven't organized before there's no place for them and I'm like fuck (laughs) I have this beautiful warehouse I have trees I have a tree section I've got a food section, I've got an animal section, I've got a camel section, I've got purple and yellow symbols, I've got orange and blue symbols, and then suddenly, there's all these red and white blocks, and suddenly I have all these teeth, and suddenly I have two different kinds of teeth, and blood, and like, what? now I'm getting sewing needles out of nowhere, I don't have place for that, I have a science section, and I have a paints section. With three different kinds of paintbrushes oh, and paint cans. Oh, no, I can tell you're getting stressed. This <sighs> is stressful to think about. It is. Where am I supposed to put the scissors and the thread and the teeth? Uh, where are you supposed to put the teeth? I put the teeth next to the red and white objects. 
Um, and they are close to a craft section. It doesn't, this yes. part, it doesn't These make are sense. my craft teeth. My craft teeth. Yes, they're close to paper products. I don't know why. I have <laughs> envelopes. I have, um, the great thing about it is there are some abstract shapes that are kind of just like, I, I look at them and I don't immediately understand what they are. Some things are very obvious, like the camel heads or the camel bodies. Those are camels. Sometimes I look at a thing and I'm like, what is this? And then I just have to I have to put it somewhere. So I just look at it and I decide. Mm-hmm. So I got these orange squares that had a sort of half moon purple shape on them. And I could not. There, there's no place for that. There's no place for you. I have orange and blue. I don't have orange and purple. So I looked at it and I said, that is a nectarine now. <laughs> you are a nectarine and you will go in the food section. And that's what it is now. It's a nectarine. Yes. And there's wow. a lot of stuff like that where I'm just like. Some right brain yeah. dissociative kind of. I love it. Is Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to think, okay, that this is the decision I've made. I hope that it will stick in my memory. How does this game end? I don't know yet. But like there is an end, right? There or... are 200 distinct objects okay. that you can stock. So every round you get, I believe, four more objects. How many objects do you have? I have 108, I think. So I'm over halfway there. So when you hit warehouse two, is getting very full. This, when you hit 200, that's like the end. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll just keep going forever and ever. I bet I could. I mean, I won't be getting new <laughs> kinds of objects, but I'll still be getting deliveries and mm. keep having to put give them to my coworkers this, and put them in their places. This is like you told me that your inbox is 15,000. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're never getting out of that. What but, is this on, by the way? Switch. Oh, and uh, I believe it is on um, the other one as well. You know, PC? Yeah, that's The thing. other one? <laughs> The hand, the laptop, <laughs> yes, uh, Windows, yeah. Mac OS, and Macintosh operating systems. The hand so, laptop. It's uh, on the hand top. It's very good. I love it. It's delightful. Wilmot has a little face, uh, and he's always smiling. Um, and his face like changes direction based on you know where you're going. Like it's a little pointy face, but it changes angle slightly depending on where you're going. Mm-hmm. And he learns different skills and he becomes stronger. He can pick up more blocks. Wow. Yeah. I love that you've said that his face changes directions based on where you're going. Like that's a novel feature in a game. Listen, <laughs> he can turn his head. <laughs> He's simply a flat block. He is a 2D object. Oh. And yet he has sides and dimensions. And mm. there's this great piece of art done by a cartoonist. I think it is somewhat unofficial um, of Wilmot in the Rock, Paper, Shotgun profile, which I have read three times now. Um, and it shows the underside of Wilmot, who is, again, a small white block. And in the photo, the well, the cartoon, the illustration of Wilmot, he has about a million tiny, tiny, tiny feet. On his bottom. So many tiny, tiny feet. They look like uh, little worms or little tubes. Like if, um, you know, sometimes dust, dusters, dusters with little tubes. Yeah. (laughs) Looks like that. Looks like he's made of uh, velour. Do you think Richard endorses this illustration? I hope so. (laughs) This doesn't look like velour. I got the wrong kind of fabric. I don't know what it is. Velcro? No, no. But uh, uh, Richard is not as active on Twitter. Um, but I did communicate with uh, Ricky Haggett, who uh, is the programmer 
of the game because I was complaining about all of the teeth. I said, where should I put all these teeth? And he helpfully replied, tooth department. Mm. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that is technically what I have next to my paper products and crafting supplies yeah. and yellow squares with a white L shape on them and general things that I only have one of. I can't stop playing this game. <laughs> I think I need to see it. Yes. And then I will maybe you understand. See some of the beautiful time it, lapses. It looks very like simplistic and like very bright and colorful. It definitely does. You can once you see the it's perfect. Now that I know it's by the Hokokum team, who made in between like an interesting card game, uh, I'm very like this makes so much sense in my brain. It makes so much sense. Uh that's what the whole game is about, is making sense. Making sense of things that don't make sense. Can, so many blocks. Uh, a, can I offer a brief interlude to say that the, the soothing way you're playing this game is the soothing way I'm playing this Apple Arcade game, Grindstone? Yes. Because it is about you're a little Viking named Jorg, <gasps> and he has to go up and kill all these monsters, but it's a color matching game, which is like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh my God, like, oh, so yeah. you have to make a, a line of monsters that you're gonna kill, mm. but they're all so charmingly animated. And when you when you mouse over them in your line, and you can go in eight directions because oh, this game is cool. Oh. Uh, when you mouse over them, you they all make this like their face blows up like, uh, and they're so <laughs> panicked that they're about to get murdered by Yorg. Oh, and uh, it's just so cute. But I like. You can make combos. I made a combo of up to 20. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was the same feeling of like, I'm so smart. I'd like folded all of this in on myself and made this very long line of monsters to murder. And then they like explode into fuchsia blood and little cubes. Oh my God. Because the, the animation is really cute. It's ridiculous. So you're really enjoying Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade is very good. Uh, I mean, I also promised Ben that I would write up some of the games. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to play more. Do you think that you're going to stay subscribed after the month trial is up? Yes, I'm going to cancel another $5 a month subscription and then <laughs> replace it with Apple Wait, Arcade. Yeah, no, it's like I really am enjoying Apple Arcade. I feel like I'm getting, God, so much of my money's worth. $5 a month is just ludicrous. To just play yeah. any of the games on there, right? And they're all so good. Like, here's why this game is really excellent is because... The levels, a lot of these games would be like, you have a certain number of moves to do this. Mm -hmm. This is, you can leave the level when you're done. The level oh. gets increasingly harder because the monsters turn angry. And when they're angry and you in their turn next to them, they will attack you. That's so cool. So you just leave the level when you're done. You can try to get all these extra objectives or grind for more loot. And mm -hmm. I think it's freaking genius because it's like the only, the big opponent is me. In That's a game. totally different paradigm for for mobile games. And yeah, I really like it. It's I think Apple Arcade. It sucks that we have to reach this point, but I think Apple Arcade is changing it because it's like we do not have any of the freemium mm -hmm. challenges. And I mean, I think some games are good at freemium, but it's like, oh, we can just design games how we want to now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really, I understand why Apple is doing Apple TV Plus. But it feels to me like they're so late on television streaming. Yeah. And it's so smart of them to do a game subscription because they've always been such a powerhouse in games yeah. since the App Store launched. And it makes so much sense for them to like take a little more ownership of that. 
Yeah, like yeah. they don't really have any competitors in the mobile space when it comes to something like that mm-hmm. versus the streaming world is so diluted right yeah. now. And yeah. It's just getting worse. And instead they get to own mobile. I mean, they already were owning mobile, obviously. It is a weird monopoly system. Yeah. But they 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 are making a stamp on it. Like this game, yeah. Grindstone, is made by Cappy Games. It's like an established publisher. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. I know. So it, it uh, almost everything I've been playing is like, oh, this is by people I know and recognize and it's really good. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Man, I I have thoughts. I have thoughts. What are your <laughs> thoughts, Simone? This is... It's interesting. But, so Apple TV Plus, I've always been kind of down on it. Mm-hmm. A, because nothing besides maybe the Emily Dickinson show or the morning show looks particularly interesting to me. And I know Apple has pretty stringent rules about um, the content of their television shows. Like I I feel like their app design show that they had for a while and uh, carpool karaoke, those are the most anodyne, boring, Apple-esque, middle-of-the-road shows yeah. <laughs> that you could possibly put on. So the shadow of that hangs over Apple TV Plus for me, where I'm thinking, I I don't know that you're going to be able to push boundaries with shows. Don't get me started about C, the show that like upsets oh, me. Oh, fucking C. Wait, oh, that's the Jason uh, Momoa thing? Yeah, uh, the, the first thing I was like, so did any blind people consult on this show? Oh, yeah. Guys? Because right, it's right. like, oh, we, we even existed in this site, un, like the sightless society... And then we have two magical children that are born that can see. We don't understand how that they know that they can see, but whatever. That, honestly, but these are question our for me. <laughs> savior children. And I was like, I just can't. I was That's reading so like, yeah, most of the shows are supposed to be like family friendly, which is one. I don't know how morning show is going to be like that. Yeah. But two. Yeah. That's usually a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and so I'm very down for that specific reason on Apple TV+. Plus. But with games, I feel so much more trusting of the artists, and not specifically art-making artists, but artists as in the developers who are creating these games for Apple Arcade. And I don't know, there's something interesting to me. Like Maybe it's the fact that I feel like with storytelling, maybe I want people to take more risks and do something more interesting, but with games, that risk can come from the mechanic, and that doesn't necessarily have to be something that's, like, adult or boundary-pushing in a way that's inaccessible to people. Um, I don't know. My, my feelings. Allegra. Hey. You and I have also both been playing Untitled Goose Game. Goose the Game! The great uh, cultural zeitgeist of our time. It's so big. Everyone's writing about it. I'm trying to do an explainer for Vox.com. By trying, I mean I have no time. But <laughs> what I've been doing is playing a lot of it so I can explain it. And I love it. Um, I would compare it to Metal Gear Solid. And y'all know how I feel about Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> or a reminder, it's one of the best games ever made. And there aren't that many of them. There's not a lot of good games out there. Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid nope. 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3. And Wilmot's Warehouse. And Wilmot's Warehouse are all on the list. Yeah, so Goose Game is very cute and simple. It's you're a goose and you waddle around these different parts of a, a little English village, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you're trying to complete these objectives, you have a checklist of objectives, which can involve like stealing a man's hat, like the caretaker of this garden stealing his hat. Or <laughs> there's cute things where it's like have a picnic. So there will be like a picnic basket and a blanket and then you're supposed to drag different items over to it yeah. like that you steal so it's like a stealthy kind of thing because you don't want the gardener to see um, so it's a puzzle game where you have to kind of stealthily work around the um, location you're in and the different objects you have available to you to like solve these puzzles and complete these objectives. And they're always like really cute and funny. You you can see the characters get really mad at the goose and try and wave it away. You can bully a small child. Yeah, you can bully a small Finally, child. Finally, you can bully a small child in my, a video game. My favorite thing to do is you can untie people's shoelaces if you like duck down, haha, duck mm. the goose. Um, and like pull at their shoelaces and then run away because they'll notice you really quickly because you're right there. And so it's fun to see them run after you, but then they fall because <laughs> their shoelaces are untied. <laughs> and it's really funny. So it's just this cute kind of slapsticky game. Colin Campbell wrote a nice thing about the charm of it on Polygon, mm-hmm. um, where it just has this very strong, friendly sense of humor and it has this fun score where it plays this, I think it's a Debussy track. Um, so it plays this classical music track that gets inte- more intense every time like the human is like noticing the goose or about to notice the goose and chasing the goose off from its objective. Um, so that's always like a fun way to break the environment. But it's also really hard. It is really it's hard. It's so hard. Was I talking to you about how hard it was? No. I was talking to someone about how hard it was. I know that the, no. the polygon like the games room was talking about how hard it was, specifically the back garden level it was really challenging. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I either just finished that, I just finished that one. It was hard because that one has multiple humans that you have to try and avoid or interact with. That one had like four people in uh. it. Um, or maybe I'm still on that one. Did I do that one yet? You don't sound mad. Some of you haven't done it yet. No, I definitely finished it. I'm on a different one now. I don't know how I finished it. It was stressful. Um, yeah, I played yeah. I played the first two levels. Um, I didn't complete all of the objectives, but I completed up to the point where you unlock the next level. Um, and boy, it's so stressful, Allegra. Yeah. And I know Jenna also kind of uh, bounced off, I think, the back gardens level as well because it can be finicky to the point mm. where it's infuriating. And it's really interesting to me how... I feel like there might be kind of a divide between us who play video games and want to win and beat them and people who might be coming to this game because of the goofs and who are just genuinely enjoying using it as a sandbox, mm-hmm. which is what we all thought it would be. Um, but, right. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's got rules. It's, it's very task-oriented. Yeah, it's yeah. like mission-based. I did, I did beat the um, Back Gardens level last night. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, yes. And it was difficult. There are great guides on Polygon.com that have helped Oh, yeah, me. there are. Um, but it's like I use the guides a little bit. But honestly, I feel like every part is doable. Every level is doable. But it takes time to really recognize, oh, this object should go here. And this character will interact with it this way. It takes experimentation, which yeah. I think is something that, uh, as I've, kind of discovered as I've been playing Link's Awakening 
is not my strong suit. Yeah. Um, there are times when I just, uh, I'll, we're going to talk about Link's Awakening next week, but I'll tell a brief anecdote. This week, uh, there's this shrine called the Dream Shrine, and uh, it has these walking, what, what are they called? Um, oh, my God. These horrible little assholes <laughs> who um, will mimic your movements. I think they're called mimic stars. Oh, the, or something. aren't they the mask something? Mimic masks. Mimic masks. Yes. Ugh, they're evil. Um, but they will mirror what you're doing. So if you're walking towards them, they'll walk towards you. You walk away, they walk away. Um, and you can't kill them with your sword, and you can't kill them with a bomb, and you can't kill them with magic dust. And I tried all these things, and finally I decided, okay, the way to get past this part is to um, jump over the ones I can jump over, stun the ones that I can't jump over and pick them up and put them behind me and then continue running and jumping over the next ones, um, which you can only do if you have to jump from like one square away. And I'm painstakingly experimenting with this over the course of like 40 fucking minutes. And then I'm like, this isn't working. I keep dying. What's happening? And I go to polygon.com <laughs> and I look up the guide for the dream shrine and it's like, use your dash to knock out the mimic masks. And it truly is that fucking easy. You just dash right through them. It's a square room. You dash down one side. You dash down another side. You dash down a third side. And they fucking get knocked out. It's so simple. And my dumb ass (laughs) would not like that. And Zelda games are always like this. It's like you just experiment with every item that you have in your inventory until you figure out what works. Use every ability, use every item until you figure out the one that's going to work for this puzzle. But it's, it's usu- all a puzzle. It's usually the one you just got. It's usually the one you just got. And I knew for a fact that you had to get the Pegasus boots to do the Dream Shrine, and the Pegasus boots are what give you the ability to dash. And ah! So anyway, and that's a story about why I am not emotionally equipped to play the Goose game. And if I did play it, it would probably improve my problems solving skills and maybe then I would have figured out that to break the broom I just had to pull on its <laughs> handle instead of dragging it into a puddle and hoping the car would eventually run over it. <laughs> Wait, that's a great I mean honestly I think you're problem solving in a good way. Thanks. I uh, I like that. <laughs> I think it's just that I always hit a wall and with mm. the problem solving and then I never take it to like the next solution. I'm often like that too. I honestly think playing Metal Gear Solid, like stealth games, really helped me become better at this. Like oh, yeah. this is so much a stealth game as much as it is a puzzle game because it is like experimenting and trying to do things that maybe seem too obvious uh, to you in order to progress. Like yeah. Metal Gear Solid was often like that too, where I was like, oh, I must like try and hide this place and like use this weapon to do this thing and stun this guy. But usually I could just punch them in the face and run through the lab screaming, you know? How did this teach you problem solving? Yeah, I don't <laughs> the see problem this. solving is that the answer is oftentimes easier and right in front of you. That mm. y- you mean punching them in the face, which is not yeah. you, you again as I recall, played the game wrong, as Thomas said. <laughs> but I beat it. <laughs> you did beat it. The victory, we can't take the victory from you. No, I you'll beat. always be that. I was about to say that Allegra's trying to tell you to get good, but that's not actually what she said I'm at all. I'm not at all. She's I'm telling saying me to get bad. be bad like me. And you know what? I'm pretty good at the goose game, so I got it out of the back gardens. Huh. Well, I'm not quite sure what lesson to take away from this, <laughs> but I'm sure that there is one. 
I think that's our show today. It's time for me to tell you guys that we're conducting an audience survey to better serve you and that it takes no more than five minutes to fill out and it helps us make a better show. So please take our survey at voxmedia.com slash pod survey. We really appreciate you doing that. Also, if you don't mind leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts, that's another way to help the show gain visibility um, and stay chill and cool. So thank you everyone for listening. This has been The Polygon Show. 